This is North Pod, a North Melbourne fan podcast, hosted by Jason Hunt. Well, hello and welcome to episode two of the North Pod podcast. Coming to you live after a a belting at the hands of the Brisbane Lions, unfortunately. No other way of putting that. It was a 75-point drubbing at the hands of Brisbane. Um, the final score being 152 to 77. Yeah, I mean, it was a disappointing way for that match to go. It was a really tough second half to watch. Uh, it really fell fell apart during that about halfway through that third quarter. Um, Brisbane just got a run on and we weren't able to stop them. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was a tough watch for a North Melbourne fan, I'm sure. We made a fast start, got out to a three goal lead, looked like it could have been a bit of a shootout. And it was, uh, except North Melbourne just stopped shooting about halfway through that third quarter. And yeah, the, the floodgates opened. It was, a, it was a tough watch for that last sort of 45 minutes. So yeah, I mean, the, the story of the game, I think was our our defensive structure was just torn apart. We were consistently beaten in the contested ball, um, particularly in the middle of the ground. I think we lost contested ball um, pretty comfortably. And then, yeah, they just got out the back of our defensive structures. So too often they, they got past that first line of defense. Um, and often that was sort of kick from about 50 meters out from our goal. And they either got a mark or they... <clears throat> got advantage from that point and then just, yeah, got out the back and just found uncontested marks behind our behind our de- defence. Um, they took 33 marks inside 50, which, you know, is about 20 more than a normal. I, I think the average is something like 12 or 13 for a, a side to take marks inside 50. They took 33, um, and a lot of those were uncontested, just inside forward 50 because they'd got out the back because they had found found the space out the back and just leap leapfrogged us and generally it was a player had gambled so um someone had come up to try and make the play and stop it they've come off their man it's caused a flow on effect and resulted in sort of easy positions and easy scores for brisbane and Mackay looked really rusty and out of sorts um playing in that system it was his first proper match of the year he played the practice games and then had his foot injury for the last month or so and he um, made he had a lot of trouble playing in front of his defender or in front of his um, opposition I thought made some bad reads or some late made some late decisions that cost him so yeah I mean that that was the story of the game I thought um, that's what ended up costing us the 75 point loss overall just that that team defense which we talked a little bit about last week was really shaky um, so before I go any further I just want to um, please encourage you to share this with any North Melbourne fans that you know get the word out there I'm on pretty much every podcast platform under the sun now so um, leave me a review if you can give me a, a rating and yeah just really really keen to hear feedback on the podcast what what the the listeners want to hear so subscribe to me on those podcast services and and get involved with my social accounts on twitter facebook instagram etc um, just search for at north pod show or at north pod um, and just yeah, just want to chat about the footy and get the show out there so please 
please share me with any North Melbourne fans that you that you know might be interested in in listening to me. Probably, I mean, it looks looks like it's gonna be a long season if it goes down this route again. So it could be a few a few like this where it just feels a bit, you know, like what are we doing? But anyway, here we are. So let's continue looking at the bad um, from the match. That's going to be our our structure. We'll have a look at what didn't work. Um, we'll have a look at what, what did work, look at some news, and then look ahead to next week. And as I already mentioned, I'm not going to go over it too much, that the that de- defense was just horrific. I think it just needs time. I think Clarko is probably going to have to be patient with it. He's We're obviously trying a new structure of defense than we've played in the past, and it looks really shaky. Uh, and the signs were there all game. Like, I know it was, the scores were level at quarter time, but... They were getting at the back from the start of the game. It was just that we were scoring in quarter one too, and that sort of dried up as the match went on. And yeah, I mean, it wasn't. It was it was structural, and it was also um, decision making based. Like McDonald and Mackay, I'm gonna. I guess I'm calling them out. Well, they weren't the only ones, but there was a couple of either poor decisions or decisions that were probably like not bad decisions, but they just didn't. Uh, they weren't able to execute. And that um, resulted in that team defence falling apart and Brisbane getting those uncontested positions at the back. Um, so I think it's a couple of weeks in a row where it's looked like that. Certainly it looked really bad um, against Brisbane and it didn't look great against Carlton either. So I think it's going to be interesting to see if Clarko kind of continues to experiment with this or if he needs to tweak things for the time being because it, yeah, it didn't look... Didn't look good at all today. Um, Danaher and Hipwood were just getting out the back for cheap possessions and kicked, I think, nine between them. So we've really, and really could have kicked more if they'd kicked accurately later on in the game. So that's something that we're going to have to continue to work on. And just building on that, my second bad was, I mean, Aiden Core was just ragdolled um, in defence, particularly by Hipwood and, and Darcy Fort. Um, I know that he he's giving away 10 centimetres to both of them, so I'm not expecting him to outmark them, but he's got to make more of a contest than he did today. It was just, he was consistently outmarked by one or both of them in kind of situations where the ball's not coming in at a great advantage to them. Like I'd say were solid 50-50s and he was just outmarked. I really thought that having Mackay and Logue come back in would, you know, allow free him up to kind of, play more of his natural game uh, but it, I did, yeah he was he was disappointing today I, I I like core generally speaking I think he's a solid player for us but today yeah he's got to be better than he was today so yeah I'm, I'm hoping that we can see more from him in the future I think I was a bit surprised when he was let out, left out from that round one team and I sort of told myself well I think maybe this is just you know Clarko wanted to give him a run in the VFL to kind of you know get some fitness because he'd been a bit injured in the preseason but um, potentially Clarko's not stoked with the way he's playing and thinks that Logan Mackay is enough height there. I'm not sure. But yeah, he, he didn't look good today and maybe maybe Bonner's worth another go. I know he was only in last week because we're missing both of those key pillars, but Core, Core was ragdolled today, unfortunately. The next bad thing, just the the forward structure um, was pretty rubbish after quarter one, to be honest. Um, and most of the game, really. It was a similar story to last last week. Um, where Brisbane were able to find those free players for the ball, whereas we were just bombing it long um, to a contest that was usually sort of five or six players. Or I thought in the second half we kind of adjusted and we did less of that, 
but we just had no option. We had no free players option. So we were often over handballing it in the middle um, and that resulted in several turnovers and it sort of looked like the players are just mucking around with it, but they, I, they just had nothing, no good options to kick it to. So I think, yeah, that first half we did a lot of long bombs to um, Larky and Combin or, and often both in the same spot, which is not ideal, and often lost lost those contests and it was rebounded quickly. Um, and in the second half, I thought we adjusted and yeah tried to be a bit more methodical, but the options just weren't there and we often often turned it over just fiddling around with handballs. Um, and yeah, Larky and Zerha had virtually no impact between them. Larky got a goal out the back in the first quarter, um, and that that was it between the two of them. Zerha had a big big tackle, and that was about it. He gave away a couple of silly free kicks. Um, and I just I really hope that Larky isn't right, so to speak. Like he he didn't look himself again today. Yeah, he 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 didn't look good to be honest. Um, it was thoroughly beaten by pain, just outmarked several several times. So yeah, that that forward structure didn't look great. The the next bad thing was just, and I've I think I said it last week, like our our one wood and something that we were have been good at over the last couple of years has been our. Um, clearance work and we were beaten at the center clearances today particularly once Simkin left the game so he looks like he's broken his finger or broken his hand uh, he was subbed out around half time um, and once he left he was kind of our best midfield grunt player today and he wasn't there in the second half unfortunately um, once he left it was just Brisbane who were relatively dominant. It wasn't a smashing, but they certainly got the better of the clearances and, and the centre clearances. Neil just seemed to do what he wanted. He had 13 clearances and 10 of them were centre clearances. Um, and that really um, drove that run on in the third quarter. Uh, and he just, it didn't matter who was winning the ruck contests. Uh, Goldie tapped it down to Neil several times and he ran away with it. He seemed to shark it really well and read our hit outs. And he just, I mean, he, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong, but... I really would have loved to see Cunnington and LDU um, just put a bit more of a hand on him and or across him, uh, particularly in those centre clearances. There was several times where we set up kind of, I, I think, not assuming that we're going to win the ball, but I would have liked to see more defensive structure, I think, of the centre clearances because uh, Neil just did as he pleased, really. And, yeah, that third quarter was all driven by the centre clearances and those turnovers in the corridor from us just over overhandballing it. Um, and that's really where the game was completely lost. Because, you know, halfway through that third quarter, I think we were maybe 23 points down, something like that. So we weren't. it wasn't like we were about to win the game or anything, but it, it wasn't a 75-point drubbing at that point. It was just, yeah, that contested ball. Another unfortunate thing was just some of that real simple stuff. The example that I'm I'm giving here is that there was late in the third quarter, about sort of half back flank, Logs um, picked up a loose ball, get given gives a hand pass to Sheasel, and then didn't shepherd for Sheasel, didn't let him know that he was um, hot, and Sheasel got ran down and um, got done for holding the ball. Now, you know, it's the like I think it probably was a tough spot for him to put on a, a good shepherd, but he made no attempt to shepherd, and then just appeared to let Sheezel run. Um, so I, I think that one was on Logue, and I think that was kind of symbolic of a few of the mistakes that we made today. It was it was just so many of those small errors where you know we weren't smothering or shepherding very well for each other. So that that's the kind of stuff that I think fell apart. The, the heads dropped and. 
yeah, as I said earlier, this that third quarter was um, really tough to watch. Um, and I was just that's such an easy thing to do. You give a handball, the players come from behind Logue and and tackle Chisel. So for mine, that that shouldn't happen, and certainly not Chisel's fault. Um, and my final bad thing, I know it's it's hard not to have so many bad things in a game like this, but I think you know I'm trying to keep it grounded. Just some of those young mids drifted out of the game, um, which I think we is to be expected. But you know it needs to be. I guess I hope that that's the sort of thing that's getting addressed during the week. So I thought Phillips and Powell were, were quite good in the first quarter, and then they were a bit sporadic after that, sort of drifted out of the game. Um, LGU, again, was good early, but not a lot of impact in quarters two and three. So it's just about for those those midfielders that are developing their game, it's around that consistency. Like Neil, Neil was good all game, and I think Simkin probably would have been good all game if he'd been able to stay out on the park. Um, but yeah, Phillips... And Powell drifted out. I think Phillips had 19 possessions. Powell ended up with 21 possessions. So, you know, that you'd like to see them pushing into the high 20s um, more consistently. But that's that's what you get with the youth. I think we've got we've got to take the good with the bad. Um, and speaking of the good, let's move on to the good because it was get like last week. It's really easy to get bogged down in in the bad stuff. But let's let's talk about the good. The first one is a really easy one. Now, I know I said that forward structure was um, was a bit questionable, but Charlie Combin and Jaden Stevenson um, both had really fantastic games considering we got flogged. Um, Combin looked really likely early, just missed a couple of shots on goal. He probably should have kicked three or four in the end, but he ended with two goals, three. Uh, he had five marks, five tackles, five hitouts. Um, and just looked, he certainly looked like the most likely marking option in the forward line. He didn't, cl- he didn't clunk a couple early, but then he started marking him. And um, as I said, yeah, kicked the two goals, got his reward later on in the game, and did a couple of smart things or clever things. Had a, had a tap out that, like a tap or a flick that um, ended in a goal for someone else. So he looks really good. And it's continued building, I thought. In that Fremantle match game against Fremantle, he was one, he was a nearly player. He nearly took about seven marks, and he competed really well. And he sort of I thought he built on that today. He was only about five or ten percent better, but the the result was a lot a lot greater. So it was a great um, it's great that given Larky didn't have a great game, Common could um, I guess stand up in his absence. And um, Stevenson, I talked about last week. He he kicked three and he um, delivered again with four goals today. And it's that perfect, he only had nine touches. Um, and if he has nine touches and one goal, you sort of go, gee, he didn't do a lot. Um, but he had nine touches, eight of them are kicks, four goals. Um, and again, his pressure was good. He, he had two tackles. He chased hard. And I thought he, he looked really dynamic again. He took advantage of the opportunities that he had. Would I like to see him probably touch it more like 14 or 15 times absolutely but four goals you cannot complain about he he was fantastic again which is just great to see him playing some some consistently good footy um and a lot given that the forward structure and the the inside 50s were so bad um the fact that he was able to kick four is um a testament to that just opportunistic um nature that he that he had about him today he was fantastic the next good was Sheasel. I, I didn't even mention Sheasel last week, and I think he had 37 last week. He he had 31 today, so just a, just a quiet one for him. He did 
turn it over really badly three or four times in the defensive half. But he, he kept back himself and and we just need to live with those kind of mistakes um, at this stage with Shees. You know, he kicked his first goal for his career, which was a great... He got in, he uh, got a 50-metre penalty and just sort of um, ran in and kicked it for about 48 metres. Um, he had seven more disposals than anyone else today. Um, like, he was fantastic for the most part. He had those turnovers but he's he's a young player he's playing his fifth game and he still looks composed like sure he kicked it straight to a Brisbane player I reckon four times but he didn't look shaky so I guess what I mean by that is he wasn't shaken by it he went all right I missed that kick but I'll get the next one and he kept back himself and I'd much prefer to see him turning it over like that and learning from it than, say, Aaron Hall, because he, he did that a lot. He's done that a lot over the past couple of years, Aaron Hall, and um, I think kind of brings a lot of that same penetration as Sheasel has been. But, I mean, Aaron Hall's not going to be here in five or six years when we're maybe looking at a premiership. So I'd prefer to, you know, take my losses with Sheasel developing like that, and he was really good again today. Uh, he's just a ball magnet, and, um, yeah, I thought he was really impressive for the most part. Phillips had some fantastic composure again today with the ball in dispute. Um, got a handball out or weight on the handball and got a handball out that led to um, Curtis Taylor's goal at the end of the second quarter. And, I mean, at that point, that kept us in the game. Now, obviously, we um, we did not go on to win, but um, I just thought, you know, in a game that where he kind of drifted in and out of it, um, Phillips had a really good moment. And, again, it's just that clean hands in the contest that we... We're looking to see and have replaced because Cunnington's not going to be around for much longer. I think that's the kind of thing that we need to see. So I think it's important to highlight those kind of glimpses of the future. Um, and the final good, it was hard to find heaps of good today. Um, but Logue, I thought, got better as the match went on, which is, seems funny to say given the scoreboard really deteriorated in that second half. Um, but I thought uh, he looked a bit shaky early on. Um, but he and Zebel intercepted quite well, um, given the volume of, of ball coming in. They both had about eight intercept disposals, uh, or intercept possessions, rather. So, yeah, I mean, that, that was positive to see him adjusting, I guess, as the match went on and taking a couple of intercept marks. He, yeah, he was okay, I thought, um, in the in the defence, and Zebel was okay as well, to be honest. There was a, a few that were not. Um, and Mackay, it's not really good, but I think he'll be better for the run. He looked really rusty. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully he'll be better after blowing the cobwebs out. So let's have a look at just a couple of news stories or things from during the week. Um, if you're keeping up with your North Melbourne news, you would have seen that Taron Thomas has found his way into the headlines again. And I really, I just don't know where we go from here with Taron. He's a tremendously talented player. Um, we've invested quite a lot in him, but he just keeps making off-field mistakes. And I think, um, yeah, it's really hard to to keep supporting him with that, that, I guess. So during the week, he was caught on Instagram, I guess, driving on the wrong side of the road, had his feet up on the dash, filming himself as he's driving. And it's, you know, like if that's if that's the one mistake the player makes, you go, all right, that's a silly mistake. Let's move on from it. But, you know, it's, it's really adding up with him. Um, and then he was interviewed by... Um, Channel 7 as a result of that and I, I didn't think 
he really uh, he didn't really apologize very well i guess like he didn't come across like he was super apologetic about it he just came across as a bit i mean almost a bit childish to be honest like he was just wanted to get out back, back out there with the boys and maybe not understanding the gravity of the situation so look I'd, i really hope for his sake that the club supports him and continues to support him but i just don't know how i'd feel about having taron thomas go out there and play for us at the moment even though he's arguably our most talented young player um which is just it's really unfortunate um you want you want players like that to be um out in the park and setting a good example and I just I yeah I'd, I'd find it hard to barrack for him at the moment unfortunately so I think it's just a bit of a wait and watch to see what North Melbourne does with him I know he's contracted for the rest of this year and next year and on some pretty big money so going to be pretty hard to um to make a decision on that one but I yeah I can't see I can't see him getting a game for the seniors uh in the short term um and just the other thing that I guess I want to talk about um, that's coming up is is Todd Goldstein's 300th is next week, um, which I guess I just it's such a fantastic 300s really. It's, there's not many players that make it to 300. It's a massive achievement. I think it's something like the 100th or 99th player to make it to 300 games. It's really a remarkable achievement, particularly for a ruckman. So, I mean, congratulations, Todd. I know the last couple of years he's come up in trade talks around. You know, will he? potentially move to Geelong or is North Melbourne going to try and trade him out for a bit of currency, um, you know, while we still could. And, you know, who knows, like if he'd gone to Geelong, there's probably a, a good chance that he's a premiership player. But I'm certainly really pleased for him that he's he's stayed loyal to the club and, you know, stuck fat through some pretty lean times over the past couple of years. Um, and hopefully, um, you know, hopefully he can help these young Ruckman in Cherry and um, Coleman Jones come through and I guess replace him, you know. I I would think that this year or next year would be his last. Um, and we I know he, he missed round one. Cherry got picked ahead of him and then unfortunately hurt his ankle, so he's been out for a bit. Coleman Jones has played in the VFL this weekend, so sort of ma- making a bit of a return from his injury. Like, I'm not sure that he's going to take Goldie's spot, but yeah, I think it's... It's fantastic that he's going to make the 300 and hopefully he can he can help our developing Ruckman throughout the rest of this year and who knows, maybe into next year, we'll see. But yeah, it's a fantastic effort. Let's turn our attention to the next match now, which is the Gold Coast Suns on Sunday afternoon in the Gold Coast. A really winnable game um, for that milestone for Goldie. I think um, the Suns have looked... All right this year, but not great. They they probably should have beaten Fremantle this weekend, but they just imploded late in that game and got run over the top of. Um, so yeah, I think it's a really a really winnable game for for North to maybe get back to an even ledger of three and three. It's going to be really interesting to see what what happens there. I think yeah, it's fascinating. Um, the VFL team had a really solid win against. Sydney, so there's potentially some players that you know could come back in. I know Paul Curtis played well; he kicked five goals for the VFL. But part of me wouldn't mind just giving him a couple more in the VFL. I think once you send a player like that back to the VFL, you really want to you don't want to just flip and flop. And I don't think those younger players. I think it's fantastic that he's gone back and been able to find some form and kick five. And if he come if he comes back in, great. But I don't think um, Paul Curtis coming in is going to be the difference. Um, next week so 
I wouldn't mind seeing him have a couple more in the VFL, really get some consistent solid form and then come back in running hot. Um, so just, I guess, in terms of selection for next week, I know I was, I was pretty harsh on Daniel Howe last week and I sort of owe him a bit of an apology, I think. He, he looked better against Brisbane, particularly early. He, got, he was running hot early, had quite a few possessions and looked relatively solid. Like I, I wouldn't say his disposal was amazing, but he looked better than he, than he has in previous weeks. He actually had 23 touches, which was third most for North and, you know, took a couple of marks, had a couple of tackles. So he, he was okay. Probably has earned his spot for next week, I would say. Turner was quiet. Zerha was quiet. So if, you know, we're looking at... I don't, I, I can't see Zerha getting dropped after one quiet game, given he had a great game against Carlton. But Turner, I think thought, you know, if, if a Paul Curtis was going to come back in, for example, maybe Turner hasn't done much over the last couple of weeks. I think he's a great spiritual leader, um, Kane Turner, but if we're looking for someone to maybe drop out, he could be it. And, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with, with Simkin. It looks like, I mean, he certainly got subbed out pretty quickly. If he's broken his hand, you'd, you'd think he's going to miss a couple. So that potentially, um, you know, the door opens potentially for another midfielder to come in. Um, I mean, Greenwood was the sub again, and he looked looked okay when he came on. So... I mean, it's not quite a straight swap, but they're certainly both good inside mids, um, Simkin and Greenwood. I just think that, you know, Simkin gives you a bit more on the outside, a bit more class. In terms of other players from the the VFL, I mean, a Hall's a possible in, but uh, I think he had something like 35 touches and kicked a goal. But I would prefer a younger player's getting, you know, exp- a game time than him, I think, at this point. I actually quite like Aaron Hall. I think he's a great bloke, and he's played some great footy for us the last couple of years. I just, you know, I'd probably prefer to see a Bergman or a Goda come in and, and get that experience ahead of Hall, but certainly he would be someone that could come in. Because um, I, I think, as I said, I really th- I think it's a winnable game um, against the Gold Coast Suns. I'd be really... Really interested to see how we go. Whereas coming into this Brisbane game, I was sort of, you know, hoping for a kind of three or four goal loss, which we know didn't happen. So that yeah, brings me to the end of the podcast for today. Um, thank, thanks if you've made it this far. I know it wasn't as uh, upbeat podcast as episode one. It's it's kind of hard to be up, upbeat when you get beaten so thoroughly. But um, thanks for making it this far and and giving it a listen. Um, just again, give, please give me a subscribe and share this podcast with any North Melbourne fans that you do know Uh, every share helps Um, and please get involved leave me some feedback get involved in the comment sections on those social media posts Um, let me know what you want to see from the podcast and how you thought the North Melbourne boys went yeah let's head up to the Gold Coast next week and put on hopefully a much better performance and Common can keep clunking them LDU can keep clearing him and we can um, hopefully come back with a win and get that three and three ledger and yeah, march on to finals. (laughs) Um, Yeah, go Roos.